0: The country of Indonesia, do they like me in Indonesia?
1: 100% confident Indonesia will prevail.
0: Hello and welcome to the Talking Indonesia podcast. I'm your host Dave McCray from the University of Melbourne's Asia Institute, And today's topic is Digital Attacks on Activists and the Media in Indonesia. In recent years, we've seen repeated reports of the hacking of activist social media accounts that are facing of media websites, as well as political influences and automated bot accounts attacking critics and promoting a pro-government line. Not to mention the throttling and shutdown of the internet in Jakarta and Papua. These attacks raise a host of questions. Who is responsible? What effect do they have on Indonesian democracy? and what reforms are needed to better protect Indonesian internet users, to name just a few. To discuss these issues, I'm joined today by Damar Juniato, Executive Director of the Southeast Asia Freedom of Expression Network, or SafeNet. Damar, thanks so much for joining us on Talking Indonesia today. Hello, Dave, and thank you for having me. Yeah, it's a real pleasure to have you on the podcast. Now, could I start by asking you, what have been the main threats to activists using online platforms in Indonesia?
1: So the main challenges, first of all, is coming from the government control on the internet. That's one. That means that whenever they want, they can intercept and also they can do uh, digital attacks to the people who use the internet as a way to coordinate and also to campaign against the government policy. The second one coming from the infrastructure itself, uh, since the internet right now, Is not widely spread in Indonesia. Uh, Most of the internet is only provided in Java Island, and outside Java Island, the infrastructure is not really good. So, the third one the challenge is coming from the technology company as well because, since right now, the technology company also involved in censoring and also closing down accounts that uh, they thought it is not meet with their community guidelines.
0: Now, I mean, perhaps starting from the first of those factors, government control of the the internet, I mean, how sophisticated is the capacity of the Indonesian government to surveil the internet and to intercept communications?
1: We can read from the report from the Citizen Lab in 2013, whenever they they found out some sophisticated surveillance technology found in Indonesia Internet Data Center saying that there is a Finfisher technology that is a spyware to monitor some people in different telco users. When we read about the report in 2013 and then we tried to check who owned the, the technology, it, it appears it's owned by the state intelligence and also from the TNI.
0: The TNI is the Indonesian military.
1: So through these facts and then also through this finding, we look into how the government can control the information. And then we found out not only FinFisher uh, that we found in the Indonesian communication, but also another spyware technology like hacking team and also right now we found out the use of uh, and also all Pegasus product in, inside the Indonesia environment so to address this I, I think the government need to be careful using this kind of technology since this, this kind of technology will have a bad impact if being used to monitor and also to intercept the communication with uh, on the human rights activists or also for journalists Uh, if they do that, it means that they are not using it for the purpose of national security, for instance, against the uh, extremism or, or against the terrorists, but instead of they're using it to target the, I mean, the good guy.
0: Do you have proof or indications that the government is presently using these surveillance technologies to intercept the communications of activists, human rights activists in Indonesia?
1: In 2013, we used the Citizen Lab report to confirm the finding that the, this uh, technology is being used by the government. But recently, from 2019, we opened a hotline. Uh, whenever people have a, a digital attacks, they can contact us and we observe. Uh, and also we try to look what is the cause of the, the problem and then also what kind of attacks that they had. Uh, but to address the question is is there any digital attacks targeting the uh, targeting the community at risk like the journalists uh, human rights defenders or environment activists to address that uh, we can positively sure this is a real uh, threat happening in Indonesia right now especially in the recent years but to address, said, uh, the government agency or what is a specific uh, agency that uses the digital attacks, we cannot do that right now we, because we are still investigating.
0: Obviously, we see in Indonesian media reportage examples of activists or government critics having their WhatsApp accounts locked or taken over, sometimes messages sent out when they don't have access to them, uh, the same to social media accounts. Are they the main forms of digital attacks that you're talking about? Or uh, what uh, What types of, of things do you mean by digital attacks?
1: Actually, we are now uh, trying to classify the digital attacks. Then most of the common type of digital attacks is the taking over the social media account. That's the, the first one. And the second one is taking over the instant messaging. So those two types actually is very uh, worrying because whenever the attacker do that, what happened next is they're spreading a uh, fake uh, information of, for instance, like they are saying that they are not supporting the, the protest that they uh, used to for instance like what happened in jakarta when anti corruption activist account is being taken over by the attacker and then suddenly soon after that they are spreading they are that they are supporting the government policy on revising the law of anti corruption it's contradict with what he usually say in the forum and then the second one what we found out there is Whenever the attacker uh, can taking over the social media account or the instant messaging account, they are spreading a provocative message saying that they are ready to kill someone or they are ready to do a violence, and then even they can they are ready to kill themselves by a suicidal bomb. That kind of attack that we found out that's very worrying. Outside that, we also classify online trolling attacks that occurring to those person who criticize the government. So that means uh, in the social media landscape, we saw computational propaganda and also the Use of trolls and also both to attack this social media account uh, that belongs to the activist or uh, belongs to a journalist. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they use a doxing method uh, to expose private information about this activist. So they are using the this doxing methods to make this person uncomfortable and also feeling uh, trapped because, uh, like, someone is spying on where their lives, uh, what his activities and lately, what his uh, latest communication with the other persons.
0: And, I mean, do we see particular, uh, you know, activists or critics speaking about particular issues? Um, for instance, you mentioned anti-corruption before, most commonly becoming the target? Or is this spread across a wide range of areas of activism and, and journalism?
1: So far, Dave, we found out three cluster of activists that being attacked. One is the activists who criticise the government policies. The second one, the anti-corruption groups. And then the third one, activists and also human rights defenders who speak out about Papua issues.
0: Sure, sure. Now, I mean, we've spoken about the government a lot so far, although as you mentioned who exactly is behind some of these attacks is still something you're investigating. Is the Indonesian government the main source of online threat to activists in Indonesia or are there other actors as well who are very actively involved?
1: Right now, we do hear some reports from the environment activists that saying that their communication is being intercepted by the company or coming from the corporation who own the palm oil or also who own a coal mine but we never have that case inspect yet, so we cannot answer and also we cannot sure uh, is there any other agency or any is there any institution outside the government who do that and targeting to the activists and also human rights defenders. But we still open that maybe there is institution or there is other parties that involving on this type of interception since right now the technology to intercept is very cheap and commercially being sold so it's only need of people who have money so they can buy the spyware or they can buy the technology from the cyber security consultant or cyber security company so we still open to that option although right now based on the findings that we found so far the use of three types of spyware that are being found in Indonesia. The first one is the finfisher, second is the hacking team, and the third one is an esophagusus. means that only a government who can buy those technology from the vendor. So based on the findings, what we, we can do right now uh, is pointing out uh, the, there's the, the government who, who behind this using of uh, sophisticated technology.
0: Apart from intercepting communications, you mentioned previously also the problem of social media companies, internet providers taking down content. How often are we seeing that happen in Indonesia? You know, for instance, we see in some of the other Southeast Asian countries reports that governments are working very closely with platforms like Facebook and like to have content taken down. Is that sort of thing happening in Indonesia as well?
1: yeah we found out that there is involvement of technological platform to do taking down account, probably using government legal enforcement uh, channel whenever they open the government or uh, law enforcement to send them requests to take down accounts. But the second one we found out that the tech platform also self censored based on their own community guidelines that we've been questioned those quen- community guidelines what indicators uh, or what is their reference when developing community guidelines is it based on human right approach or is it based or on like or dislike or is it based on algorithm so those type uh, of question that we throw to the uh, so- social media platform uh, whenever they do a takedown so right now in Indonesia we found out some cases not only in uh, Facebook but also in other platform as well in YouTube uh, recently were two type of live streaming uh, the first one is about papuan and the second one is about lgbt is being taken down while they are having a live streaming. so we are trying to communicate with the google uh, and then asking why they cut these uh, live streamings and basically they are answering that this happening because of their algorithm, but that, that's not sophisticated enough to answer our questions. The second one, what we saw is also taking down social media accounts that belongs to the people who really spoken out about uh, what what is happening in Indonesia right now, especially during this COVID-19 and we are received some reports from the activists and also from journalists that their social media account is being taken down by the company for the reason of violating the community guidelines. So we have to check this, whether this is coming from the technology company or is it coming from the request from the government. To see that Actually, the platforms are giving a transparency report on the website. But when we try to look on the specific issue, and then we found out that the number of requests from the government is actually uh, rising from year to year. Uh, And then we see that the social media company perhaps do the request based on their afraid that they will have a problem with the government. And they do that because they are afraid that they can lose their legacy or their company or their permit here in Indonesia.
0: So you've mentioned the the internet shutdowns in Jakarta, sort of when there were violent protests uh, after election results were announced in 2019 in the context of Prabowo disputing Jokowi's clear win in that election, and then also the shutdown of the internet in Papua during protests there later in the year after after racism incidents in Java in particular. What powers is the government relying on to shut down or, or slow down the internet in those situations? And, you know, can that sort of shutting down of the internet ever be justified?
1: What happened during the internet shutdown in 2019 is the government saying that the reason why they do that, to control the hoaxes that spread right after the election. Many hoaxes saying that they will do harmful to the people if uh, that's the reason why they then uh, control using uh, bandwidth throttling. Uh, so the people cannot sense images and also videos through the social media and then uh, their instant messaging app- application. They are relying on the base of ITE law, Article 40.
0: Sorry, that's the information and electronic transactions law.
1: So they are relying on, on those particular articles. Uh, the same uh, reason uh, they Used during the papua internet shutdown in august till september that saying that so many houses that that they cannot control that and so ha- they have to do extraordinary measurements uh, which is on the internet shutdowns so they are using the same uh, articles the same uh, law but uh, we challenged this action to through the uh, administrative court and then the administrative court saying that actually baseless if they're using those uh, articles because they, the government can use that only for uh, content that's really illegal. means that they cannot cut the internet access, but they can cut only the information that contains illegal, uh, illegal content. So the government misinterpret the, the law and then they misuse those law to do the action.
0: Now, another issue that's become controversial in Indonesia regarding the internet and activism is the operation of so-called buzzers who, I guess, are seeking to shape debate and and sort of cause the spread of huge volumes of content on, on particular political issues. And we've seen, you know, of course, accusations that some of these buzzers are controlled by or affiliated to the government. Is there evidence that buzzers are affiliated to the government and, and how great an effect are they having on public debate within Indonesia?
1: So actually, when we inspect on the buzzers or political influencers, it relates with the election uh, in the beginning. Whenever the political party using the political influencer, both candidates using those so-called buzzers, and right after the election and then the government, uh, Jokowi re-elected, uh, or Jokowi elected in 2014 and re-elected in 2019, they still continuing using these political influencers. But right now, not to support on one of the candidates, but to, to support the government policy. That means that there is an intention that they're using these buzzers this uh, political influencer to support any policy that coming from the government it means that they're using those capability of communication to make sure that uh, the people of Indonesia who use the social media to support whatever the government policy to this extent I think I will give an example whenever the government uses the political influencer to support the campaigns on palm oil uh, industry. So they run a campaign named Sawit Baik, means palm oil is good. And they inviting and also using political influencer to do this campaign uh, massively through the social media. And the... the agency who requests for the involvement of these political influencers is the KSP.
0: The Presidential Staff Office.
1: And then the Ministry of Communication who do the gathering and also directing the influencer what to say and uh, support the information on what should they spread on the social media the approved we can found on their own websites so that's one of the indicators uh, that the government really used the uh, political influencer to support their policy other than that there is many policy not only the supporting the oil palm industry but also we can found out in some other cases uh, including the sensitive issues like the papuan and, and also sensitive issues about anti-corruption, that they're using these political influencer to support what is their policy, what is the government
0: policy. Sure, sure. And you mentioned earlier also the use of bots uh, to influence political debate within Indonesia. I mean, we've seen reportage of that being done internationally. Uh, that's also happening within the country?
1: The use of computational propaganda being found in some of the issues, for instance, uh, Papuan issues, where they use both account and also fake account to support uh, the idea that there's nothing happened in Papua, Uh, it's only a group of people who wants to spreading the issue of that Papua need to be, uh, they have to split from the Indonesia and uh, they want to uh, get their independence. So we can see from the Bellingcat reports that being spread uh, like uh, like last, last year, And then also strengthened with the Facebook report that they found out some of the accounts that doing coordinated inauthentic behavior means that that being used and controlled by an organization who wants to spread a fake campaign uh, using a fake uh, messages. So we also find out the same uh, pattern in anti-corruption issues whenever the use of computational propaganda using a bot and also a troll account to do uh, to counter the real activists who against the anti-corruption revision law and we found out that this computational propaganda is actually related the and also in the same uh, synergy with the use of political influencer to spreading the issues that uh, there is a taliban inside the kpk and also If you are supporting the anti-revision of the law, means that you're supporting the Khilafah. Those type of disinformation actually coming with the same package with the computational propaganda.
0: So, yeah, seeing uh, computational propaganda sort of equating opposition to the government's uh, agenda in weakening the Anti-Corruption Commission with support for an Islamic caliphate or for Islamist influence within those institutions. Yes, exactly. And I mean, what sort of statements have we seen from the Indonesian government itself around this range of, of online activity, you know, from digital attacks to the taking down of content to the to the use of political influences and, you know, the, the, the operation of these sort of bots as well?
1: So far, we found out uh, three reactions coming from the Indonesian government. The first one coming from the Indonesian presidential staffs, saying that the use of buzzers is a part of democracy, uh, even they saying that buzzers is front line of democracy. That's the first one that uh, really bothering because we right now know that uh, using a political influence to support uh, government policy doesn't mean it's a part of democracy because it means that you are trying to proposing only one narration and the uh, narration coming from the government is the right one there is no chance of people can uh, criticize and also can uh, challenge the policy. The second one, reaction coming from the Ministry of uh, Information uh, and Communication, saying that they are using the internet shutdown and is a part of, uh, to avoid further problems for, for Indonesia. That means that they are not, looking for a better solution or better regulation to solving a, a, a problem uh, but they are looking on instant uh, solution regarding the human right uh regarding the human right and also regarding the right of people to access the information and also the expression through the internet the third one is coming from the reaction coming from the legislative the House of Representatives that seeing this uh, problems not a, a part of problems of Indonesia this reaction actually is con- counterproductive because we are uh, what we saw right now is actually this will be our greatest challenge to the democracy since uh, there is no healthy conversation in in social media and the internet means that we cannot exercise our rights. Uh, we cannot giving uh, constructive critics to the governments. So the journalists and also activists and also human rights defenders means having difficulties to spreading out their ideas and spreading out their protests. And it will uh, make a, get a great effect on the democracy in Indonesia.
0: Now, I mean, returning to the, the legislature, the DPR, the House of Representatives in Indonesia, you know, we, we saw last year debate of a draft cyber security law. My understanding is uh, civil society groups have many objections to. Could you just update us on what is happening with legislation around the internet and freedom of expression as well as cyber security at the moment?
1: So recently the lawmakers wants to release some new regulation on the internet. Uh, For instance, they want to launch the cyber security bill last year. But other than that, they also want to launch uh, another internet regulation like the revision on the interception uh, laws. And also, they want to have a new bill on data protection law and other regulation to support those uh, regulating the internet. But the first one is uh, the cybersecurity bill actually what we need for Indonesians to defend ourselves from the attacks coming, coming out from the foreign uh, countries or foreign agents. But what we saw last year, the, actually, uh, the bill is not about cybersecurity. the bill is more about giving power, more power to the national inscription and cyber agency, the existing one that uh, the new body that being formed by the, by the president, uh, in 2018. So. That's why the civil society really protest on the cybersecurity bills since uh, there is a potential of misuse of the law later if being uh, released by the House of Representatives. And it is different from the existing interception law since the cybersecurity should be the, the law that only control about the how we defend ourselves from the outside attacks from the foreign agency or foreign countries well this uh, interception is only regulating who should have the power to intercept in indonesia and then uh, based on our research uh, saying that there are too many regulation at least 16 regulation inside indonesia that can give access to the some agencies to do an interception that have a potential that being misused to use uh, to intercept uh, to uh, journalists activists and also human rights defenders we still have uh, another regulation that's coming uh, this year the data protection law actually this data protection law is very important but right now we still don't know for sure whether the lawmakers will release the the law uh, this year or they will do it next year and i think for this one if there is no intervention and also there is no troubles coming from the 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 lawmakers it gives power to the people to protect themselves against the misuse of the technology to harm our privacy uh, right now uh, the civil society actually waiting for the data protection law. That law is very important to protect our privacy and also to avoid uh, further problems that are coming from the ITE law, the information and electronic transaction. since there is so many activists, journalists and also human rights defenders is being persecuted using the ITE law. The IT law itself is now uh, being uh, one of the greatest problems and uh, problematic for the people to uh, using the social media and the internet to spreading their thoughts and also their critics. Uh, since uh, whenever they do that, means that they can be uh, reported to the police uh, that they're making a, a defamation or they're spreading hate or they're doing threats to the to some uh, officials public official that being uh, targeted by their critics so right now it is important that the government and also house of representative to see that this rte law is problematic that the only way to solve this problem is to revise the internet laws that means we have to look over all the nine articles that are problematic inside the ITE law and then revise ban one by one and also taking out some articles that curb the freedom of expression and freedom of uh, to spreading opinions on the social media.
0: Yeah, no, because I mean the, the ITE law in particular has been very broadly applied, hasn't it? I mean, we've even seen people in prison simply for calling someone stupid online.
1: Yeah, actually uh, what we want uh, right now not to giving support on the use of internet or social media to mock other persons. We are not supporting on those activities what, what we have right now that, that the most important that people who have a legal expression actually like a journalist who report on the land grabbing by the company and then uh, writing that on articles we cannot send those journalists to the prison because of reporting on the situation or a uh, whistleblower who using the social media to saying that there is a corruption that being done by the public official uh, maybe their leaders we cannot send them to the jail because of their saying that on the social media those uh, protection that we think is very important to be done, we are, we are not supporting those people who are using the social media to spreading discrimination to other religion or other groups of tribes. Actually, what, what we want right now to uh, focusing on giving a protection to those people who are using this social media for the goodness.
0: Now, Tamar, there's... A whole lot more I could ask you, but I'm afraid we're well and truly out of time. Thanks so much for joining us to share your insights on Talking Indonesia today. It's been great.
1: Thank you for having me, and also uh, to have me to explain about what happened in Indonesia.
0: That was Damar Juniato, executive director of the Southeast Asia Freedom of Expression Network or SafeNet. Talking Indonesia returns on 8 October with my co-host Dr. Gemma Purdy. Until then, as always, you can access the entire archive of Talkie Indonesia episodes at the Indonesia at Melbourne blog or wherever you get your podcasts. This has been the Talkie Indonesia podcast. Bye for now.